Welcome back to the Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about dealing with emotional responses. I've known Charlotte more than 20 years. We've often joked that somewhere along the line, our gender roles got swapped. She's analytical, results-driven, and uncomfortable in the realm of feelings. I, on the other hand, am high in empathy and intuition and enjoy processing things, some say a little too much. Recently, she called and asked me for a little coaching. I've got a crier, she moaned. This woman's got high potential, but she needs a lot of guidance. The moment I give her any sort of feedback, she looks like I just ran over her cat and the river starts flowing. You know me, Tom. I'd rather eat raw eggs than face the waterworks. Charlotte's not alone. A majority of the high-performing men and women I coach are uncomfortable with any emotions in the workplace, whether it's tears or anger or defensiveness or self-deprecation. I talk about this issue with a lot of my clients. For Charlotte, I boiled it down to six points, three do's and three don'ts. Here they are. I'll begin with the don'ts. When someone's emotions are running high, you're in a danger zone. Emotions are highly contagious. One reason the discipline called emotional intelligence, or EQ, has so much traction these days is the evidence showing that we transmit emotions to each other almost instantaneously. So the first rule for dealing with emotions is don't get infected. Inoculate yourself. When I feel the risk of infection rise from escalating emotions, I imagine zipping myself inside a little pop-up tent. As emotions spray around the room, I picture myself completely sealed in my protective tent except for a little porthole that I unzip to watch the proceedings from a safe emotional distance. If you can remain calm and unflustered by the other person's emotion, you may help him regain some control. A matter-of-fact response without judgment or disapproval or diminishment can begin to de-escalate the emotion. So rule number one, stay calm. Be separate. Don't get infected. I asked Charlotte how she was contributing to this woman's emotional response. She thought about that for a minute, and then she said, well, I don't think I am contributing. I think she cries over her kid's report card. This is a crucial point. When faced with an emotional response, ask yourself, have you contributed significantly to the other person's emotions? If you have, learn to lessen your impact. It won't help your career to be known as the person who induces terror or reduces others to tears. But usually, the emotion resides within the other person and is not about you, even though it happens in response to something you said. What feels awkward is the sense that you should do something to comfort the person who's upset. But consider this. If the emotion really has nothing to do with you, well, you don't have to do anything. If it's not about you, you actually can't make things better. It's their emotion connected to their personal history. So rule number two, don't take their emotion personally. It's not about you. During an emotional reaction, all sorts of alarms are firing in the person's brain. His thoughts are zipping like a pinball. He's deep into a reaction, and any manner of things may come out of his mouth. Don't react to his reaction by getting sucked into a discussion of side issues. 
Listening is fine. It can even be helpful to acknowledge the reaction in a neutral way. A comment like, I see this is hard for you, or I understand this is upsetting for you, can help diminish the emotion. But don't take the bait of all those random topics that get thrown out. So rule number three, don't go down rat holes. Don't get sidetracked. Okay, those were the three don'ts. Here are the three do's. Did you initiate this conversation? If so, why? Will it improve the person's performance? Is it a follow-up to a prior conversation? Is this a consequence of some violation of values or behavior? You need to know the answer to questions like that. Don't enter the conversation without forethought. Just as you should be prepared with phrases that acknowledge the person's emotion, be prepared to state what your intentions are as well as what they are not. This might sound like, It's not my intention to upset you. It is my intention to keep our agreement to address this behavior whenever it comes up. Or, I'm talking about this with you because I want to keep you moving towards more responsibility, but I don't want to sound blaming or shaming. Clearly stating your intentions will help you stay on track, and it may help the other person focus on why the conversation is important. Rule number four, state what your intentions are and what they aren't. It's important that you view the situation as an and situation. This person is having an emotional response and he needs to be accountable for what's being discussed. You can use and statements such as, I see how upsetting this is for you and I need you to really hear this feedback. Or, this is obviously difficult for you and I still need you to understand what behaviors I'd like to see in the future. Sometimes getting the emotional person physically engaged in the conversation can help him calm down and make him accountable. For example, you might ask him to write down what's being discussed. I see you're having a lot of emotion around this, and I'd like you to write this down. Or you might ask him to listen carefully and repeat back what he hears so that he can begin to focus his attention and begin diminishing the emotion. I see how emotional this is for you, and I'd like to be sure that you repeat back to me what I said. Emotions don't absolve anyone of personal responsibility. So rule number five, hold people accountable. When I'm faced with an emotional reaction, I prefer to work through the emotion without a timeout. But if the person really can't focus, can't listen, well then take a timeout, but make it short. Set a specific time to begin the conversation again, 10 minutes or 30 minutes, but not hours and certainly not days. Rule number six, take a timeout, a short one, if needed. We judge maturity in each other in many ways. One measure is our ability to manage ourselves. The person who has frequent emotional reactions clearly needs to learn to manage him or herself. And, as I told Charlotte, when faced with the emotion of others, managing our own reactions is crucial to achieving the look and sound of leadership. Many of our podcasts are about successfully managing our own reactions and the reactions of others. You can find all our podcasts on our website, EssentialCom.com. That's EssentialCom with two M's, dot com. From our homepage, click the navigation button marked Coaching Tips. 
That will take you to a searchable archive of our podcasts and years of executive coaching tips. From the archive, you can also download PDFs of every tip to save for yourself or to forward to others. Our podcasts are also available through iTunes. Just search for The Look and Sound of Leadership. Until next time, this is Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.